come with me into the tormented, haunted, half-lit night of the insane. This is my world. Let me lead you into it. Let me take you into the mind of a woman and welcome to Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, a good ghoul's guide to horror. I'm your poltergeist, Kinsey. I'm your poltergeist, Donna. I'm your poltergeist, Mac. Polterguides, Adrian and Debbie, they said they were going to New York. They are going to go check out the Clamp Building. They said it was the newest marvel of the modern age kind of thing. So we've, we've lost t- t- touch with them. They didn't like the Gremlins movies and were afraid that this might get interrupted with some carnage. <laughs> Molten style. <laughs> So, we watched the 1990 classic Gremlins 2, The New Batch, this week. And before we, we start getting into it, those of you who aren't familiar with what Gremlins 2, The New Batch is about, our good, good buddies at IMDb say that the Gremlins are back, and this time they've taken control of a New York City media mogul's high-tech skyscraper. When we get to our quote, I'm going to say I have reached a taunt with IMDb. Oh. Because uh, they were able to get me the long quote without me having to stop the movie every couple of seconds and write down lines. The only thing I would add on that is that, yes, they take over a, a, an office building and then reality itself <laughs> folds in on itself. And m- little Mac Boyle's brain is never the same. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. So then uh, let's go around. Did you like it? Did you not like it? I liked it. I saw this in theaters. It's fun. It's gonzo. I'm never disappointed when I watch it. I concur. It's fun. I don't know that it's good, but it's fun. That's all you can ask out of a movie, right? That it's fun? Yeah. It is easily one of my five favorite movies of all time. It is often a candidate for my favorite movie of all time. I don't think there is a movie... there There are other movies that I think are maybe more tightly constructed in a story sense and and that sort of thing. But I don't think there's another movie in existence that so informed my taste and aesthetic more than this film. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting you say that because uh, the husband and I were having a discussion about certain films that, mm-hmm. you know, you can pinpoint that you watch growing up that's like, yep, this is yep. Um, where this comes from. And I am not surprised by your answer, Matt. No, no, this is... This this yeah, this feels right. There, I mean, uh, there, yeah, there are other movies. Like, well, the screenplay just is, like you said, gonzo. It's not, doesn't particularly care about, you know, telling a coherent story, but... Just in so many things I've done since, there is always a Gremlins 2 ambition in there. Uh, <laughs> like when, for those who've listened to The Fourth Wall, uh, obviously it's an audio play, but whenever I'm lo- whenever it's in my mind's eye, it looks like the Clamp Tower, and the, their, their control room looks like the Clamp, Clamp Center's control room, and on and on and on. And... I snuck in Rambo's line, you know, I have a war, you gotta become war, in the season one, because A, it was a Rambo reference, and B, it was a bonus Gremlins 2 reference. (laughs) (laughs) I sneak in the line in season two, sorry folks, it won't happen again when the fourth wall is truly being broken, as an homage to Hulk Hogan's greatest cinematic performance. It is true. That I won't. I won't argue with that one with you. You can say a lot about the man who is Terry Bollet, but he did do this, mm-hmm. and therefore all's forgiven. <laughs> People talk shit about Hulk Hogan. I'm like, hey, 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 hey! He was in Gremlins too. Show some respect. <laughs> 
I have a question. All mm-hmm. right. What was the emergency that caused the emergency medical hologram to be activated? <laughs> With hair. With hair. Date is 1995. Okay. Expo 95. Robert Picardo is on stage. A young 11-year-old Mac Poyle raises his hand and asks one question. Oh, God. About Gremlins 2. <laughs> it, was, it was like, hey, I love Gremlins 2. What was that like? That, that, was, that was the question. He, he referred, he said he loved it because he had a glorious Wayne Newton hair. It was pretty fantastic. Yeah. Even then, I was like, yeah, Voyager, great, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Voyager, let, let, let's talk about Gremlins 2. <laughs> I had a very similar experience when Christopher Lloyd was at uh, Fan Expo. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's for Back to the Future. Sure. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're great as Doc Brown, but when are you going to talk about Uncle Fester? <laughs> and of course, you know, he did and it was fantastic, but that's what Kinsey was here for. Yeah. Uncle Fester. James Marsters talked to me in his spike voice. Nice. Nice. Um, I had William Shatner sign a box set of Boston Legal Season 2. <laughs> He looked at me very confused. He's like, do you know where you are? (laughs) He's like, this is great, but Matt, I I just feel like certain sections of the internet just have certain files about us. This is one of them. It's like, oh, you're Mac. Oh, sure. That was the same Star Trek convention. I bought an autograph of Charlie Chaplin, like like there was an old-timey autograph dealer. So I always tell people I got Charlie Chaplin's autograph at a Star Trek convention. And it's true. I may be the only man in history. I think you are. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. All right. Back to Gremlins 2. All right. Um, But nothing's off topic with Gremlins 2. Because Gremlins 2 is off topic. That's, you know, you're right. That is fair. To me, the, and I'm jumping ahead just a smidge, the pinnacle gonzo-ness of this film is when the Gremlin is getting a tattoo of the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah. I mean... Even <laughs> the double takes yeah. is what's great. Every gremlin has it. Like, because like, they turn to the camera and they're like, ah! <laughs> and then there's the look that uh, the gremlin that Clamp kills in the paper shredder. Yeah. He sticks it in the paper shredder, and there's this look where, as his feet are being shredded, the gremlin looks at the camera like, mm, and then is like, I think I think my favorite is actually when the when the movie kind of starts making fun of itself, mm-hmm. like when they're in the control room discussing the rules of the gremlins, and uh, or or the something horrible happened to me on Lincoln's birthday. Oh gosh! <laughs> and when Leonard Malton, who did not like the first one, mm-hmm. gives the same review in the second one and is attacked by gremlins. Yes, that's. That's pretty great. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of good in this. Mm-hmm. You you think the the Warner Brothers tattoo moment is the moment where it goes off the rails? Because that's like at the end. That is the no big... no. I think that's okay. where I think that's where twelve year old Kinsey yeah. realized uh, this is Gonzo. I mean, the, not in the movie theater like when uh, well, Hulk Hogan I think was threatening I was, them. I was like, okay, everyone's it's Hulk Hogan. Fair He's enough. Been, and same thing, you know, like when the Gremlin becomes a bat, and then it's the Batman symbol. Right. This is this was during the the High Keaton phase here for Kinsey. So I'm like, see you. I'm waiting for my High Keaton phase to end. <laughs> no signs of slowing down. <laughs> but yeah, no, to me. That's, I guess, where I, I realized. Because I was like, oh, that's great with the Leonard Malton bit. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But then I see the tattoo, and I'm like, hey, wait a second here. This is who made the movie. This is why I put my vote in for Malton being the moment where reality bends in on itself. <laughs> because in this universe, there is a movie called Gremlins <laughs> that Leonard Malton didn't like. <laughs> you know what? That's, that's fair. Yeah. 
that is that is fair. I did like uh, with Grandpa Fred. Uh, the movie he was showing at the beginning is the same movie from Fright Night with yes. the tentacle monster. Which I think I mentioned on the Fright Night episode because I recognized it. You probably did. On spec. I was like, nope, that's Attack of the Octopus People. So, with Clamp. Yes. Let's talk about Clamp. Let's talk about Clamp. Well, I know when this came out, he was more supposed to be like Ted Turner, but now I see an uh, amalgam of Turner yeah. and Trump. I would say in the final equation, he's 75% Ted Turner, 25% Trump. I'll sign off on that. There, there's little bits of early 90s, late 80s Trump in there, they, but it hadn't gotten to what Trump is now. Right, right. The fact that he's on the spectrum of attractive human beings means that he's not Trump. Right. And that he is ultimately a decent yes. sort of person. Eccentric and sort of detached from normal people reality, mm -hmm. but well-meaning yes. in all of his interactions. There's not True. a nefarious element to him. Yeah, you're right. He's um, he's trying to be a good guy. He's just the deck stacked against him because he's so fucking rich. Yes. Yeah. The they wrote the film uh, to have Clamp be much more of a nefarious person, but Glover brought this childlike. Enthusiasm to the role that he just became nicer with every scene. It's interesting in the novelization. That's the only place where you get an actual Trump reference. Clamp hates Trump because Trump keeps copying off of him. <laughs> and I was like, I'm reading the novelization of 2017. I'm like, you go, Clamp. You do your thing. <laughs> you suddenly just are slow clapping. You yeah. don't know why, but you're just like slow clap. Yeah. Coworkers around you're just like, okay, Mac. You're like, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. So, uh, Clamp's a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he, there's a chaste quality to him, because he's not lascivious in any way. No, huh? And, and in fact, he has that moment with Marla at the end where he's like, oh, Marla. But it's it's almost like a 50s movie romance. Yeah. It's like, oh, hello, Marla. It's not, <laughs> if it would have been Trump, he'd be like, <laughs> That would have been the end of it. He would have already had sex with Marla if it was Trump. Yeah, there, there would have been a history like, I don't know yeah. if we're going to... And he would have paid her off already. Right. You know, right. So. There was an innocence to his attraction yes. to Marla. Yeah. None none to Marla's attraction to him, but... No. So, no. attraction to her. Which is fine. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I like Clamp. I would work for Clamp. <laughs> I would definitely work for Clamp. That wouldn't even be a question in my mind. Mac, I just see you just whatever role... Like, you would be the tour guide, like, yeah, the oh, yeah. and everything. Just every little role, all the way to the younger guy. <laughs> Buildings. <laughs> Buildings, cable, and a popular line of jams and jellies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had, so, watching this, I had forgotten the whole big to-do with Ted Turner colorizing classic movies. Mm -hmm. And so when that line comes up about, you know, hey, now in color with a happier ending, I'm like, oh yeah, Ted Turner did do that. Yeah. Well, you know, not the happy ending, but... Um. There's a deleted scene of, of Clamp in his office, and uh, It's a Wonderful Life is playing, obviously, a callback to the first movie when the mother's yeah. watching that, and it's in black and white, and he, that's the, the moment, you'll, the only moment you see him get sort of, you know, evil-eyed, and he looks at it, and he, he's, he's sneering at the screen, and he reaches over to a button clicks it and then colorizes and he's like ah 
And then it cuts away. Yeah, you see it in the background of his office, like, plain yeah, in color. So. Yeah. I was just happy that this was when John Glover looked not like a homeless man. Because <laughs> he kind of looks that way now. His hair's long. He's kind of got a scraggly beard. Nothing wrong with either of these things, but... He kind of looked that way in Annie Hall several years earlier. He was one of... Uh, Diane Keaton's I didn't previous even boyfriends. I did not know he was in Annie Hall. He was he was like the weird hippie actor guy, and he's like, "Put your feet on my heart." <laughs> <laughs> Don't go watch Annie Hall. Don't go watch Woody Allen movies. I was like, I, it's done. Yeah. I was like, I've never seen Annie Hall, so I wouldn't start now. No, <laughs> like I would if I was going to watch Annie Hall, I would fast forward until Sigourney Weaver's cameo is in it because that's where it's she... literally the last five seconds. Of okay, the well, so yeah, then but... I know I know exactly where to go if I'm going to watch it. And she's only in a wide shot. Yeah. So well, see, there yeah, you go. Thanks, you're, Mac. You're, you're saving lives. There you go. <laughs> I appreciate that. Saving lives, one spoiler cameo at a time. <laughs> What else we want to talk about here? We want to talk about... Uh, we, we decided not to talk about why Wing didn't provide for Gizmo as our poll question, right? Yes. Okay. Let's yeah. talk about that now. Yes. Why didn't Wing provide for Gizmo? The whole thing at the end of the first movie is like, you're not ready. You're not, you're not taking responsibility. And fuck you, Wing. You didn't take at all responsibility. What, do yeah. you think you're going to live forever? Yeah. Really bugs me. Poor Gizmo there in the abandoned shop, just mm-hmm. crying. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, yeah. With it's the very black armband and everything. Mm-hmm. With the black armband. I think my, my headcanon is that he had hoped his grandson would... The other family didn't t- step up. Yeah. That, that's probably the simplest answer. That, that's my headcanon as well. Yeah. That he absolutely did provide yeah. for Gizmo. It's just... They didn't, nobody, nobody they didn't step in. Yeah. Because he's like, it's great responsibility. You got to do it. And they're like... You live in a shop. No. Yeah. So that's my headcanon of them. Yeah. So the bad gremlins. Bad so, gremlins. Okay. So one of them, and I didn't. I can't believe I never noticed this because I love the, this film so much, is the design is based off the original Kraken from Clash of the Titans. It's the one that kind of has the hang down mouth. Oh. And once you like look at it, you can't unsee it. It's like, yeah, that's... It's also based on it. Edward G. Robinson. Oh, really? From the old, from old gangster movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, I see. All I see is is Kraken. And um, two of the other ones are uh, Lenny and George from yeah. Mice of Men. Uh, Mice and okay. And the screwy-eyed one is Daffy. I knew the screwy-eyed was Daffy, and I know yeah. the bad one was Mohawk. Mohawk, yeah. Which is. Stripe. It's Stripe 2.0. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You know. So much so that when the brain gremlin comes around, he just usurps his leadership role, and all he can do is just wander the halls as a spider. <laughs> you know, we all have our roles to play. Sometimes it's being the brain gremlin. Sometimes it's being the spider gremlin. Right. Or it's being the gremlins in the elevator with Phoebe Cates that make the alarm noise that go, eh, eh, eh. Sometimes it's that. <laughs> I laughed way too hard at that. Dog. So great. <laughs> I always laugh when Clamp comes out and the the gremlin's taking over his secretary and he's just pounding like A, B, C, D, E, E. It's the elevator for me. The the elevator's great. For me, it's the elevator, but then it's also the original bad ones putting the the, the pots in the microwave. Like... (laughs) The the moment that always gets me, and it's not gremlin related, it, it, and I forget about it 
until I see it again. There's the scene after Billy's been arrested and Kate bails him out and they're heading back to the building and it opens up on a shot of a paddy wagon and a train of mines <laughs> coming up. Any other director would have been like, okay, establishing shot, police station, Billy and Kate come out. Joe Dante's like, no, 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 this is Gremlins 2, motherfucker. <laughs> we need mimes. We need mimes. I need at least seven mimes. And one of them's in a skirt. One of them's in a skirt. Really? Ah, that scene makes me so happy. <laughs> so have you guys seen Amazon Women on the Moon? Yes. Yes, it's been a while. Okay. Well, Same. Okay. Yeah. That, I know earlier we were talking about the break in the film with yeah. Hulk Hogan and all that. That feels like such an Amazon Women on the Moon segment. And I know Joe Dante did one of those segments, but it's like, this time watching it, that's all I saw. I was like, yeah. oh yeah. It's also a big reference to the Tingler, the William Castle mm-hmm. movie. Um, it's interesting, and I think we talk, I don't know if we talked about it after the show started, but uh, that break in the story... Is has a different format depending on how you're taking in the story. Oh yeah, yeah. We we, we talked about that uh, before we started recording. But yeah, the, uh, you want to elaborate? The, the VHS version for the years that it was only available there uh, had a different one where the uh, it's like, like the gremlins are in the VCR and breaking the tape, and uh, they make the shadow puppets, but they do it with like. Uh, static on the TV and then it cuts to the Gremlins having a shootout with John Wayne and like like they, they started changing the channels in the VCR and you pick up a John Wayne movie somewhere on cable and they're uh, having a shootout and he's like you you folks uh, uh, John Wayne says something like uh, you folks don't need Gremlins in your TV sets yeah. <laughs> um, but beyond that in the novelization the writer does a completely different break in the story where the brain gremlin breaks into his apartment, ties him up, ties the author up, sends him into the, it, it, like, it locks him in the closet, and then starts writing the rest of the book until he breaks out and takes the novelization back over. Oh, that's fantastic. Isn't it, though? That is fantastic. Yeah. you got to appreciate their commitment. Yes. I, I like a commitment to a bit. I, I'm, I'm a fan of that. I had never seen the John Wayne bit uh-huh. and my husband and I were talking about it when we watched it yesterday and so then we looked it up on YouTube so it is on YouTube it's on YouTube it's also cool. on the DVDs you have to go hunting for it though hmm. it's on a special not immediately selectable menu choice which of course I found do you remember the um, steps you had to go through to get the special uh, features on the Terminator 2 DVD not immediately. There's been so many versions of that on DVD that the the yeah. one the one that I had you had yeah. to input the date of Judgment Day. Uh. And if you did, because we yeah. had we had one eye lit up, and then you could get the other eye lit up. But if you put in the date, then both his eyes would light up, and then yeah. you could get a, a special director's cut. Interesting. Yeah, I, I did not. Know. I don't think I had that version, but I that sounds like a lot of frustrating fun there. That yes. sounds like when you're you're getting on the internet and you're like, okay, please tell me how I can get both eyes to light up. No, I don't think I don't think we had I don't think we no, I think we have Terminator two. I've owned Terminator two two or three different times, yeah. Speaking of which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Martin and Lewis yes. were the uh, the guard the security yeah. guard yeah. that got killed by the Terminator. Yeah, because in that shot, it was both of them. He was playing the T-1000 and, mm-hmm. and the actual guard. 
you know what? 1990 was a good year for those two. It, it, those they, two twins. They had a moment. <laughs> they did. They they had a. What's so great, and this is I only noticed this on this screening. Mm-hmm. You see those two a little bit earlier when they're in Chinatown picking up stuff. Pick up Gizmo. Um, but the first encounter they had with Dr. Catheter, played by Christopher Lee, Christopher Lee said, it, it, it first, his first question for them is, how's the cloning experiment going? <laughs> and they both turn around going, really well, Doctor. <laughs> Nearly 30 years of this movie, I never... Never, it, never. It, 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 that, that those beats did not come together in my head until this time. <laughs> Well, since you have opened the door to Doctor Catheter, yes. <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about him and his zany lad. So great! <laughs> like, what, what more can I say? You just want to start performing moments from it. like the the cow that had the translator dome on his head, oh and they're God. escorting through the lab. Like I am calm and centered. I enjoy giving milk. Um, <laughs> I really loved, I can't remember the exact setup, but there was a moment with Christopher Lee and Uncle Fred, and Christopher Lee turned this just sad, yeah. sad look on on Uncle Fred. Well, there, there was the look that uh, Catheter gives the Bat Gremlin when he finally forms, and it, it, there's that organ music, and he's in like full-on Dracula mode, and I, think, I don't know if it's a deleted scene or not, there's one where he talks about... I think he's talking about the bat serum that they've got cooking up, and he's and, and catheter says like, "I hear they feed on blood." <laughs> that had to be a delicious yeah. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> I feel like I would have remembered that." Me too. I love his delivery when they're going back to the lab. When he's going back to the lab with Billy. And he's like, I've got something that can help. And he's like, small assault weapons. <laughs> and it's just, he's so just like gleeful about it. Just. That one got me this time. Yeah. <laughs> I could do a whole new podcast unpacking this movie minute by minute. <laughs> Be 118 episodes of, of, of Gremlins. And now we're on minute 37. Let's talk about that for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've said it out loud, I might do it. <laughs> Max, oh gosh. Max, like this, this could happen. I could do this. Mm-hmm. I like with this all the random cameos, especially like if people that worked with Joe Dante, because yeah. you've got Henry Gibson, yep, yep. Rick Dukerman, all both from the Burbs. Then uh, Jerry Goldsmith is in the yogurt shop. Yeah, Jerry Goldsmith is in the yogurt shop. You've got the wonderful John Aston, aka sure. Gomez Adams. Yeah, yeah. I completely forgot he was in this, and then when he showed up, I'm like, Gomez, what are you doing here? Breaking Bad fans, uh, Tuco. The guy who plays Tuco is... Uh, okay, that's Tuco? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The delivery guy? Yeah, the da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that was Tuco. What was that, Sting? Tight! Tight, tight, tight! I, I didn't realize that either. Oh, that's awesome. That's before he was... You know, Tuco. Before he was Tuco, obviously. That's great. Yes. And that's one of those things, like, after you watch Breaking Bad and the next time you see Gremlins 2, you're like, Tuco! <laughs> Mac, I feel like that was just you. Just yes, it was. <laughs> It was this time, because I have one note that's just... Yep, and to go! <laughs> and to go! Fantastic. I also have one note that just says, Tato! <laughs> when uh, Daffy throws the mashed potatoes at Phoebe Cates. <laughs> Tato! <laughs> Some of the things that the, the Mogwais in general say in this, like, the first time... Uh, I think it's, it's at the very beginning... Gizmo says the actor's name that plays Mr. Yeah. Wing. Like, he's like... Key Luke. Yeah. 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 He says his name. And then when 
John Aston shows up. He's like, Gomez. Yeah. Aww. He's very pop culturally aware. He is. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's dialed in. He knows oh, yeah. He knows he's in a movie. Our, our theory, I think from the first one, is that the reason Gizmo is a good mogwai is because he's been around for so long. He's, yes. he, he's older than any other mogwai. He is older than any other mogwai, but I just had this whole uh, quantum leap thing that he's jumping from different realities, different versions of Gizmo. So that's how he knows. That could be, too. That would explain mm-hmm. a lot about this movie. Yeah. So what do you think Gizmo's doing right now? Okay. Well, I, I have a pitch for this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, I have semi-worked out, and the death of Dick Miller kind of derailed some of these ideas uh, for a Gremlins TV show. Oh, okay. like like you do, but it, it'd be kind of like The Walking Dead, but funny. The Walking Dead's not funny. <gasps> oh, oh, that was a Ken's burn. Yeah, shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> it's not funny. It's depressing and goes no, nowhere. It, 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 it used to be good, but anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, there was those first six episodes. <laughs> then, <laughs> then they left the CDC, and I'm like, I don't, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I, I'll give them, you know. There's sheriff, bad cop, good hick, bad hick, sheriff's wife. Kid, Asian guy. I don't learn names of people on shows I don't enjoy. <laughs> I think after Shane died, it kind of lost something for me. So I really like Shane. I liked him. That's a bad cop. Uh, yeah, I liked him <laughs> so much. Anyway, anyway, I, I, I think when they decided to make Andrea the governor's um, bed buddy, that's when I was like, and I'm done. That's not my Andrea. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sorry. Continue. Uh, Gremlins have overtaken at least the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Peltzer walks like a man with no name, the only man who can fight the, the Gremlins with his pal Gizmo in his backpack. Daniel Clamp is president. The day belongs to the humans, but when, sun, when the sun goes down, you hear laughter out in the distance. <laughs> Everybody's got to go, unless they're willing to stand toe-to-toe. You could delve into the mythology of it all. I, I, I had a flashback episode that was going to be the ballad of Murray, Murray Futterman, his adventures in World War II, just almost getting waylaid by gremlins, but never quite seeing them, and I'm like, ah, it's a gremlin! Rest in peace, Dick Miller. Uh, but that, that was that was going to be the show. Just... I love it. Let's I, get this spec written up. I think uh, I think you need to be sending Joe Dante a message. And say, say, look, I know you don't know me, right? But, <laughs> but I am uh, uh, yes. The in the classic divide of Gremlins fans, pro Gremlins one, Gremlins two. I am definitely pro Gremlins two. I don't hate Gremlins one, but if I'm picking sides, <laughs> I'm with you, Joe Dante. Chris Columbus could go fuck himself. <laughs> Chris Columbus, classic, uh, legendarily does not like Gremlins 2 because it changed too much from his original conception of the, the, of the screenplay. Oh, I did not. And I'm done with him. Direct all the first Harry Potter movies you want. You don't like Gremlins 2, you're on notice. you suspect. <laughs> now Mac has done shots fired against... Yep, against the Home Alone guy. Oh my gosh. So I have a question for, for you guys. So Clint... Tower is supposed to be a very super smart building. Yes. Are they use, using old ass time clocks? Yeah, that's it's the one thing that's like, wait, what? Yeah, I saw a video where they talked about this. It wasn't the filmmakers doing it. But the, their theory was, and I think it works out. They didn't want to stop the movie to. Ha- they didn't have a gag associated with a futuristic time clock. Mm-hmm. So. They didn't, they didn't want to create the interface for a time clock and, and, and all the computer graphics that might be involved with it just to have it be the futuristic thing. Okay. Yeah. It's 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 a weird moment yeah. in a movie that's otherwise very obsessed with technology. I agree. I yes. Alright. 
Probably because uh, Clamp just never saw it. If Clamp had ever seen a time clock, he would have fixed that shit. I like that one, too. That's not bad. Yours is probably real. Yeah. Donna's would fit head canon wise. Yeah, Donna's canon explanation is good. Mine is just the filmmakers. Yeah. They, they didn't have a I thing love, for it. I like them both. <laughs> Which I would say at that point, just take the time clock off the wall. Do you really, really need the time clock in the scene? Yeah. Fair. It's the question of how much do you really need to establish in a story? Mm-hmm. Is the is the time clock going to pay off later? No. No. But they really did like the revolving door gag. Oh, the, that thing. That's so amazing. <laughs> At the end, when they're trying to storm yeah. the building, they go through it, they try to hit uh, revolving door one. That's no, stuck! Go to the next one! It's stuck! And then just go in through the regular yeah. door. <laughs> I love that. I have to uh, one one quick complaint though. Um, you know they were making a big deal about how rude people are in New York. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of experience in New York. I've been there a few times, mm-hmm. and it's been my experience that people in New York are not rude. They're aloof. Mm. There's so many people. Everyone's just kind of in their own bubble, but they're not mean. They're not shoving you out of the way to go through the revolving door ahead of you. They're just not making eye contact. Now is it? <laughs> And not like all New Yorkers are like this, or is it maybe a time frame sort of thing? Because it's also the same era in which Ghostbusters 2 came out and hinged its plot on New Yorkers being generally mean-spirited to one another. Mm. Uh, It is a pre-Giuliani New York, for lack of a better term. Mm. An uglier, meaner place. Yeah. Uh, Also, Clamp Tower is conceivably in the finance sector. Okay. A a financial uh, section of town. Uh, are you bumping into a lot of Wall Street douchebags who have watched, watched uh, Wall Street too many times and think they're Gordon Gecko and they're the ones okay. running through? Yeah, so I agree with you. It's more aloof than anything, mm-hmm. but in very specific places, I bet it's mm-hmm. right on the money. Okay. Yeah, because they really weren't mean. Like when you see them walking, like it was just the cab drivers, like, no, I'm heading to the airport. Like they weren't mean, mm-hmm. but now when they kind of got to. The clamp area, I think it really does kind of fall into that. Okay. I love you, my New York friends. New York's a great town. Okay. You can watch the street crime, but for free. (laughs) I'm tipping my hands on my quote. Yeah. I was like, I've never been, so all right. We may need to let me go on a quote run here. I I think you should, because I think we're kind of, I'd say we're getting close to winding down, you think? Yes, I am so excited. So I think... think, Do we want to just let me go for a minute on quotes that didn't quite make it? Max Quote Emporium. Uh, A popular line of jams and jellies. Mr. Clamp only likes color. That guy's weird. Uh, Splendid. This must be my malaria. Rabies. I've already got rabies. I'm supposed to get the flu next week. I'm calm and centered. I enjoy giving milk. Uh, Alvin, put down that DNA. Mister, welcome to the men's room. <laughs> hey, pal. I sure hope you wash those hands. Casablanca, now in full color and with a happier ending. Your car is old and dirty. Our classic Canadian dessert, the chocolate mousse. Can I cut you an antler, eh? You want another Molson, eh? How about some horn? Everything in Shea Winnipeg, the Canadian restaurant, is great. It's all right, dear. I heard it, too. Of course you did! What does that mean? You're having a psychotic episode. Thanks for sharing it with us. 
Another note, I'm reasonably sure my parents had to specifically tell me not to put metal in the microwave after this movie. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Run a camera. I am a camera. Uh, 38, 38, 38. A, B, C, D. E, E, E. Let go of my tie. That thing is dangerous. This guy's from the art department. Uh, I warned you there would be a problem, Tenet. We could have had two shrinks and a plastic surgeon in there. Uh, did somebody leave something out? Reptiles don't laugh. Then they're not reptiles. Uh, there's a good creature. I can get you diseases. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Buy, sell, buy, sell! Are you having a run on the banks there? It's rather brutal here. We're advising our clients to invest in canned goods and shotguns. Interesting no- side note on that. A uh, Wall Street bigwig uh, in an investment fund, sort of, I can't remember the details on it, wrote a memo or, uh, to uh, his investors and re- referenced that line in the movie. And they all started investing in canned goods oh, and shotguns. No. <laughs> and there's a Time article on this. I may want to reference it to you so you can post it later. It single handedly caused the dot com bust of the early 2000s. Oh. The gremlins are real, <laughs> and they are coming for your technology. <laughs> they want it all. Yes. An honorable mention for a uh, quote for the uh, episode. Uh, Fire, the untamed element, oldest of man's mysteries, giver of warmth, destroyer of forests. Right now, this building is on fire. What? Yes, the building is on fire. Leave the building and enact the age-old drama of self-preservation. We don't intend to renew your lease. Uh, four score and seven years ago. Uh, this is worse than the first one. I quit. Call the Union. Call the National Guard. Those things have taken over the projector. And all they want to watch is Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Sorry, folks. Won't happen again. Acid. Do not throw in face. Not a quote from dialogue, but a label on a, on a, a thing of acid that creates the Phantom of the Opera Gremlin. Don't be afraid of what you feel. Oh, why can't you commit? <laughs> Dimensional war. They come in electric now, too. Because of the end of civilization, the Clant Network leaves the air. We hope you enjoyed our programming. But more importantly, we hope you've enjoyed life. Now, interesting thought about that end of civilization tape. That's a There's a real tape that existed at CNN for many years that was the civilization is coming to an end. Let's air this. And you can get it on YouTube now because like, I think they've either redone it or just dropped that practice. And it is just... It, it, it's so... Similar to what's in the movie, right down to playing uh, "Nearer My God to Thee." Yeah, there is a there's a literal CNN end of civilization video. It exists. Uh, make our move at 4:20. Oh, I like that. Uh, I finally get to use my secret exit. Developer save city. I like that. Good creatures. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. I'm stuck in some kind of adhesive material and I'm on deadline. What happened to him? I don't know. I guess they pushed him too far. Don't mention Lincoln. Something terrible happened to me on Lincoln's birthday. Honey, I really don't think we have time for this right now. Uh, <laughs> after their bizarre blood-curdling rampage of terror, these creatures appear to be mounting a musical number. What does a menswear makeover cost in Manhattan today? It was indescribably horrible. We had to stop work altogether. Dolls with suction cups staring out car windows. Has anyone talked to you about merchandising? And then the final ones, long, isn't it? and patently ridiculous. Still lurking about? Don't you people have homes? Daffy, of course, appears in the end credits. That's why the end credits are blue. Because if they were black, Daffy would not be able to show up. Hmm. I noticed they were blue. Hmm. Uh, uh, did you watch the credits and Daffy... I did not. Uh, Daffy pops up every once in a while and looks at the credits and is like, don't you people have homes? Oh. <laughs> yeah. 
Not Daffy the Gremlin, Daffy Duck. Oh, yeah, okay, from okay, the, okay. From the beginning of the, the, the end, the end of the movie. Uh, I think the first note I wrote is like, I just realized that I may have mostly raised by Daffy Duck and the Brain Gremlin. They're your real parents. They're my real parents. <laughs> my my Patronus is the Brain Gremlin. I've long since decided. Um, <laughs> I think that's all the quotes I had. Uh, I think the first Brain Gremlin quote, I don't have it written down, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in this room. When you introduce experimental genetic material of research quality to a species such as ourselves, I, I, I'm improvising most of it. I didn't have it written down. That's good. Yeah. That's good, though. It has a certain, I'd hate to say, aggression, but let's say atavism. <laughs> Mac, I think you're quoting it directly. I don't think there's any improv in there. I'm like, mm, that's... Uh... Now, normally, sunlight poses a problem for our ethnic group. We don't tan. We don't burn. We just become an unappetizing pile of photochemical leftover. <laughs> I know I'm not getting that 100% right, but I'm getting it close enough that I'll live with it. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. So, Tony Randall, I, I, as portrayed by yeah. Mac yeah. Boyle. I um, love him. Yes. He's so great. So great in this movie. I just, yes. Every moment of the brain gremlin. Because, like, really, like, my gremlins TV show, the, the last shot of the first episode is that they, like, they have this secret facility that's, like, testing gremlin stuff. And then, like, the last shot you just see in, like, a, a an isolation case, the, his glasses. Because those glasses were a part of his body. Yeah. took the brain juice and grew glasses on his face. Yes. And they fell off of his face when he died. Uh-huh. And at the background, you can see guys in hazmat suits digging up gremlin remains and putting them into containers. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. So, are we ready to get to our rule poll and quote? I know we've had a long quote run by yep. our polder guide, Macula, who, surprisingly enough, has our quote. Yeah. Uh, I can actually do both parts on the quote. It's actually a, a two-character quote. Grandpa Fred and Brain Gremlin. Creatures, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. Creature, what is it that you want? Fred, what we want is, I think, what everyone wants and what you and your viewers have. Civilization. Yes, but what sort of civilization are you speaking of, Creature? The niceties, Fred. The fine points. Diplomacy, compassion, standards, manners, tradition. That's what we're reaching toward. Oh, we may stumble along the way, but civilization, yes. The Geneva Convention, chamber music, Susan Sontag. Everything your society has worked so hard to accomplish over the centuries. That's what we aspire to. We want to be civilized. You take a look at this fellow over here. Kapow! Now, was that civilized? No, clearly not. Fun, yes, but in no sense civilized. Now, bear in mind, none of us has been in New York before. There are the Broadway shows. We'll have to find out how to get tickets. There's also a lot of street crime, but I believe we can watch that for free. We want the essentials, dinettes, complete bedroom groups, convenient credit, credit even though we've been turned down in the past. You know, this is how you're going to get funding for a one-man show of Gremlins 2. I would do that show. <laughs> I mean, you, you practically yeah, have. I have. Yeah, I have, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I have our rule. Don't rent to questionable scientists. Indeed. You could even extend it a little bit just to be like, get a, a clear prospectus from any tenant that you're going to rent a business to. Yeah, because I think splice o life. I mean, that designer yeah. jeans, like, and, yeah. and, and jeans isn't spelled with a J. Right. You should have already been a little bit suspicious. Suspicious. But then again, they had that discussion, so clearly it was an issue for Yeah. Them. Yeah. Yeah. It was overruled because. Yeah. They had money. Yeah. Well, it's Christopher Lee. 
Also true. He's got Dracula money. We got lots of tenants in there. Did you see they had Vectorscope Labs from Inner Space? <laughs> I saw that. Also in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> lots of fun stuff going on in there. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Anna Spencer's gifts. Anna Spencer's gifts. <laughs> Absolutely. Spencer's. All right. And I have our poll question also. If they made a Gremlins 3, would you want it more like one or two? I don't even know if I need to answer it anymore. Mac does not need to answer it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm afraid to answer it for fear Mac will not be my friend anymore. Kenzie? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would like a kind of... I would like to combine them both because there's elements of the first I like and there's a lot of this I like. If they could do kind of a mishmash of the two, I think that would be which Mac's TV series kind of sounds like that. Because, yeah. I mean, you, there's, some el- there's some good elements of the Gonzo Factor yeah. that I really... Would want to see. I, I enjoy Gremlins with a good sense of mayhem. Right. But the parts in Gremlins I enjoy most are the most Gremlins 2-like elements. The oh, time I, machine in the background. Yeah. And the, uh, well, I'm, mine is going to be like the Snow White when you've got the Gremlin yeah. wearing the popcorn bag. Like, yeah. like that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's one of my favorites that gets me every time. So, yeah. Maybe lean more towards 2 than I guess. But... Actually, I have a question that I should have submitted as a poll question, mm-hmm. which is, so we've got the one super highly feminine gremlin. Yeah. Greta. Now, they all give birth, so are they all female, and does the female gremlin just take on mammalian, specifically human, female traits? Um, I would say they don't give birth, because there's no fertilization, there's no... They spawn. They spawn, Yeah. yes. Um, I guess my question is, are the rest of the gremlins male? Are they neuter, or are they female? Well, we have to get into gremlin biology, because we have to really establish, are they giving birth or are they not? And I tend to agree with you that they're not, but I think an argument can be made that they are. They are reproducing, they're not giving birth. Yeah. Kind of... The young come from them, so it definitely come out of their bodies, so it's hard to say they would be distinctly male. Okay. Okay. Conclusively. I always think of gremlins in general as asexual, but that is me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. then there's really not a gender assigned, because they're still giving birth, but it's not a live birth in what we consider, like, you're, you're, you're reproducing. I... Almost like copying. Sure. The theory I have actually about the spawning is that it is not a biological process at all. It looks kind of like that, but when you you meet the gremlins and the mogwai in my headcanon are from some different kind of dimension where a creature could survive without water as our biologies would be absolutely dependent on them. Mm -hmm. And when the water is combined with them, it actually destabilizes their dimensional attachment here and more gremlins come from their home dimension via the pulsating bubbles in their bodies. Huh. Which makes me wonder about the climax of this movie when they spray the hose and they start spawning and then they shoot the electric gremlin out into them and they all die. Does that electricity go back through the dimensional <laughs> gateway and Did kill we just commit all gremlin genocide? Except for, except for Gizmo. And you can see Gizmo's look like no, nah, I'm good with this. I don't want to do this again. I've done this too many times. And that's why there's not a familiarity from, for lack of a better term, sire to an initial spawning. There's usually antagonism between that relationship. That's my headcanon, is that it's not a... It's not actually reproduction. Okay. It is a little understood 
biologically appearing basically wormhole. Yeah, I was gonna say basically a wormhole appearing on the body yeah. of the creatures. Yeah. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Asked and answered. Their dimension is very dark, therefore their sunlight allergy. Mm-hmm. The timing of the eating thing is also a something I can't quite explain yet, but yeah. I'm working on it. <laughs> so if they have gender, it is not gender as we understand it. So I don't think the feminization serum, for lack of a better term, really made the gremlin female. It just gave that gremlin human female characteristics. Okay. All right. I like and it. apparently the emergency medical hologram likes it, too. He struggles with it. Yeah. He has a little sexual panic there. But that's his arc. He it comes to peace with it. He's like, okay. He's a trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> Hats off to you, Robert Picardo. Hey, have you guys seen it? He posted on Twitter or Instagram recently. It wasn't associated with any milestone or holiday or anything like that. He had a, a picture of him sleeping, and he had a T-shirt on with the female gremlin, for lack of a better term. Um and it said, I hope you, you're snuggled up with your special someone as well. <laughs> awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else before we close the book on Gremlins? I, I could go on for hours, but I won't. Okay. All right, Kenzie, get us out of here. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We are on social media at Twitter at Beyond Cabin, Instagram and Facebook, and our webpage, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods. Uh, of course, at .com for the webpage. If you want to see our faces and throw a couple bucks at us to help with the podcast, we do have a Patreon called Beyond the Cabin, and we are part of the Gumby Cat Network. Check them out as well. they got a lot of fantastic shows. Thank you guys so much. And don't read the Latin. Do <laughs> you know what horror is? Gumby Cat Productions. Podcasts from podcast people. Meow. <laughs>